Okay, the overall theme is trust. And as Donna shared, uh, covering Proverbs 3, 5 through 8, um, and I have the privilege of sharing the first one, as you know. And the first one is the foundation of trust. Um, I believe the other ones, the next month, will be acting on trust. And then the third one, uh, the outcome of trust. But um, I really like what John Corson said about the Proverbs, since that's your focus, um, taking it from Proverbs chapter 3. He said they are powerful single-punch sentences which deliver a short sermon. And that's so true. They're just short but powerful. And it's like giving a sermon. And I couldn't help but think, too, during the worship. I mean, that was a message in and of itself. As we were singing the words to those songs, it was like, Lord, they read my the message you gave me. Or I read the songs they were going to do, either one. But um, it's that's just how the, the Lord moves and the Spirit works. So may um, it just really penetrate our minds and hearts, what it is to trust the Lord. As we look at uh, tonight, we're just going to look at verse 5 of Proverbs 3. So if you would, if you have your Bibles, turn to it. Um, I'm going to read you a few verses in different translations, but I'll start with the New King James and Proverbs 3 verse 5 says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And then the NIV reads the same way. If you have the New American Standard, it reads, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. The New Living Translation says, trust in the Lord with all your heart Do not depend on your own understanding. And the Amplified, which amplifies the verse, says, Lean on, trust, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind, and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. And I think that's a really good one because it kind of really expands and amplifies. Lean on, trust, and be confident in the Lord with all your heart and mind, And do not rely on your own understanding or your own insight or understanding. Now, the definition of trust in the Hebrew that's used here is basically to be confident or sure, to be bold or to be secure. And in Webster's, just the first of several, I'm just going to share the first one that was listed. Trust is firm belief or confidence in the honesty, integrity, reliability, justice of another person or thing, faith, and reliance. Well, we all basically know what trust means, right? It kind of can be interchangeable with faith. It's believing, but it's to trust. And we begin to possibly experience trust when we're just babies. Um, Babies come out crying. They come out, they don't need to be taught, me, myself, and I, they're born that way. We're all born that way. That later come, becomes a sin nature, we call it. But um, when we're babies, when a baby cries, is hungry or wants its diaper changed, if uh, the one taking care of that baby is attentive and loving and nurturing, they change that baby, they hold that baby, they love that baby, and that baby learns to trust um, as toddlers We all basically learn to trust if our mothers and or fathers are there to take care of us and are loving and nurturing. 
But if a parent leaves or neglects or abuses that little one growing up, they don't learn to trust. They don't trust adults. They, and so they have a difficult time then learning to trust the Lord because they don't grow up with security and with confidence. And so depending on our circumstances at home and in our early years, we may learn to trust or we may not. Um, depending on how our siblings treat us. How many have brothers and sisters? How many wish they didn't have brothers and sisters? Okay, well, I don't really need an honest answer on that one. Um, I grew up with two older brothers. One's home with the Lord now, but I was close to both of them. And when I was little, I, my parents made them take me along, so they weren't always thrilled that they had a younger sister that was a tomboy and wanted to do everything they did. But one time when my parents were out to dinner or something, I remember uh, we lived in San Diego and, and I was home with my two older brothers. And I don't remember who was pouring a glass of milk, but it was back in the day when milk came in glass bottles. Some of you I know remember that, and others of you have no idea that that ever existed. But they came in in glass bottles, and it broke. It dropped to the floor, and it broke. And I can remember it. I think it fell on my foot. I remember that I I was, and I don't remember if I dropped it or if my brother did, but all I know is he was there. He He took care of me. He took care of the mess. And so I grew up in a very loving family, a nurturing family. And, of course, as we got older, things changed with, you know, my brothers that were nerds, and I was this cool teenager and all of that. They had cars, and I wanted to borrow them. The same older brother wouldn't ever let me drive his. My other brother would let me drive his, um, but I would drive it up to um, the local gas station and have the guy there dis. Um, take apart the the um, mileage because my brother would charge me a nickel a mile. <laughs> and we'd come back home and go back to the gas station and hook it up and I'd give my brother a quarter and, hey, man, we were all over town for a quarter. It worked out. <laughs> but anyway, I grew up learning that I could trust others. And I, I, I could trust my parents. Oh, they could, oh, I get it. Oh, I didn't get that. They thought they could trust me, too. I did confess it later when we all came to the Lord. That brother's home with the Lord. He probably thinks I still owe him money, but that's okay. (laughs) But I didn't have a struggle putting my trust in the Lord after I got saved because he was God. And I knew he was God. And so I didn't have have um, trouble. But I know some people do if they have not grown up in a loving home, if they've had a parent leave or be abusive. So the foundation of our youth, basically, or our personal experience, can affect how we learn to trust in the Lord and if we trust in the Lord. And two of my favorite words are, but God. But God, he is God, and we're not. Man is not. And so no matter what our past has been, ladies, we can trust God. Because God is trustworthy. And he is the foundation of trust. As we talk about the foundation of trust and really focusing in on verse 5, we're going to consider what is a foundation. Well, we all know the foundation. It's the base 
or the bottom, the, the solid piece upon which everything else is built. Um, if you're thinking about a building, it's a sol you need a solid foundation and then the walls can come up and the foundation has to be solid, it has to be strong, and it must be trustworthy. And so we're going to talk about the foundation and then the walls. So first, number one, if you're taking notes, the foundation of trust is the Lord because he is trustworthy. The Lord is worthy of our trust. That's what it means to be trustworthy. So the foundation of trust is God himself and his trustworthiness. He is worthy of our putting our trust in him, our belief in him, our confidence in him, our assurance in him, our reliance upon him. Why? Because he's honest, he's reliable, he's dependable, he's faithful. He is our sure foundation. Now, in the morning, I spend a few minutes doing some devotions, and then I write in a journal. And some days it's prayer requests, some days it's just praise. Sometimes it's just a response to what maybe I had read and the Lord had spoken to me. But uh, the Lord reminded me of this as I was working on the message, thinking about the Lord. And the other morning, this is what I wrote, some of what I wrote. Lord, you are faithful. You are trustworthy. You are reliable. You are dependable. You lie not. You change not. You say what you mean and you mean what you say. You are kind, loving, gracious merciful, forgiving. You are sovereign, almighty, powerful. There is none like you. Your love is eternal, unconditional, like a father, a friend, a bridegroom, a shepherd. Just think about the different relationships we have with the Lord, who we are to the Lord and who he is to us. It all begins with being saved. He is our savior. That's our first real introduction to the Lord Jesus is that he is our savior and without him we'd still be dead in our trespasses and sins but our relationship begins with him when we put our faith in him and we trust and rely on his death and resurrection for our eternal life that's where our trust is first initiated with our relationship with the Lord is through our salvation as we trust in God's free gift of grace. And we put aside our efforts to be good enough. We put aside our belief that we had before we came to Christ, the false belief that we had until we came to rely on the Lord and Jesus dying in our place, paying our debt and rising from the dead to give us that new life. Think about it. He's our savior, but he's also our best friend, one who will never betray us or get tired of us or move away from us. We, we, my husband and I had um, uh, some close friends after we had moved out from Orange County and we were trying to get to know people in Corona and everything besides our son and his family. Um, this one couple we were starting to get really close to, he had a brain tumor and he died. And then another couple we were kind of close to moved away. Well, Barb, my friend who came with me tonight, she and her husband and my husband and I are very, very good friends. And when we first were getting to know them and spend time, I said, you better not die or move because otherwise it's over right now. <laughs> 
But the Lord will never leave us. He will never not be with us. He won't ever leave us or move away. Um, And so he's our best friend. He's our bridegroom. He is the perfect lover of your soul. His love is unconditional and eternal. No matter who you are, no matter how awful you think you are, he loves you unconditionally. And for those of you that aren't married yet, no, he is first and foremost the one who will love you the best forever. And don't settle for less than his best. Don't give in to somebody that maybe you like, but you know isn't walking with the Lord or doesn't love the Lord more than he loves you. Make sure that you pick the right guy because once you pick, sometimes you're stuck. And I felt that way for years until the Lord got a hold of us both. And God can restore, but you want to start out on a good foundation, trusting in the Lord and the one that he brings to you. That was just kind of a little side note for all of you young ones. If you're already married, you're stuck. (laughs) No, pray. If you struggle, pray that the Lord will give you his love and see him through Uh, the Lord's eyes and God can restore. And um, so whatever your situation, just know the Lord is your bridegroom, your soon coming king, and he's going to be coming back for all of us soon. He's our king. He's a perfect king. There is um, no power over him. He is sovereign God. He rules and reigns in fairness and he's just and perfect and praise God. He's merciful, which means he does not give us what we deserve as way of punishment. And he's gracious. He gives us things that we don't deserve in way of blessings. And so he is a perfect king, the king of kings. He's our shepherd. He takes care of us. We're just dumb sheep. And he's our good shepherd that tends to us. He's our provider. He always knows what we need. And he knows how and when to meet that need. So no matter our experience with humans in any of these relationships, No matter how bad they've been, no matter how good they maybe are, we can trust in the Lord because he is the ultimate. He is better than any human relationship you could ever have. So in your relationships, good or bad, just know the Lord is perfect. He's completely trustworthy in every relationship in every area. Now, as I give you some verses as we go through, I want to remind you of Donna's tip. A couple years ago when I got to be down at your retreat for... um, a, a little bit. I remember Donna, I think it was Donna that shared this. When you hear a scripture reference, a speaker give you a verse, write the number first and then write the book. Because when you write the book first, by the time you get to the number, you're forgetting and you're thinking, what was that number? Who, what, did you get it? So write the number. I've passed that on to, to many. I love that tip. That was very helpful for me. So anyway, um, if you're taking notes, write the number first and then the book. This one you've already heard, but Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord, it starts. And the Lord, if you notice in your Bible, is in all capitals. When Lord is in all capitals, it is referring to Jehovah God, to the Almighty, to the great I Am, to one that has no power, no one over him. He's the creator. Um, and so this this proverb is trust in the Lord, trust in Jehovah, trust in the great I am, trust in the creator God, the one who created all things. He is Jehovah. He is the Lord. That's the God that we are to put our trust in. And we can because he is completely 100 percent 
trustworthy. So we can trust in him with our whole heart, or as some versions say, with all our heart. Now, I know you know this. What does all mean in English? What's it mean in Hebrew? What's it mean in Greek? All means all. So trust in the Lord with all of your heart, not just part of your heart, not just half of your heart or three quarters of your heart. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart, because all means all. Now, when you came in and you sat down, did you think, oh, I don't know if that chair is going to hold me up. I don't know if it's trustworthy. Uh, You just sat down because you know that you probably had experience. You've sat in these chairs or if there were pews or in a couch, you've sat down. If you trust it 100%, you're not going to think twice. You're just going to sit down on it knowing that you don't have to hesitate. It's going to hold you up. But if the chair is broken or rickety, um, kind of looking or it's pretty flimsy, then you're going to hesitate. You're going to be a little hesitant to sit in it, right? Well, but God, you don't have to hesitate. He is completely trustworthy. Whether you've experienced that or not, you will as you grow in your walk with the Lord and your relationship, as you experience his faithfulness to you to get you through difficult times, to be with you in the good and the bad times. You don't ever have to say, well, what if? Or do you think he can? God created everything. He's giving you your breath right now. He's holding the whole world together. God is trustworthy. He is able. He's more than able. And right in the beginning of the Bible in Genesis, we learn about God's ability. Genesis 18, 14. What did you write first, the number or Genesis? It's Genesis 18:14, And we read where Sarah laughed when she overheard Abraham being told she would have a Son, and the Lord said to Abraham, is anything too hard for the Lord? And again, the Lord's in all capitals. We're talking about Jehovah God. Is there anything too hard? And of course, we know the answer is a resounding no. With God, all things are possible. He is a miracle-working God. He parted the Red Sea. He conquered sin and death. And if he could conquer those things, he can certainly conquer anything that we face. I want to read just um, a little bit from the Daily Light, which is a devotion that I love to read. It's all scripture, and it just follows kind of a theme for each morning and then one for in the evening. And part of this one recently says, The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those who trust in him. Praise the Lord of hosts, for the Lord is good, for his mercy endures forever. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. We sang that tonight. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In him I will trust. Who is like you, a people saved by the Lord, the shield of your help and the sword of your majesty? As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust in him. For who is God except the Lord? And who is a rock except our God? The foundation of trust, ladies, is God himself. That's the foundation. That's the base. That's what you need before you can start putting up walls um, on your foundation. Now, Jesus in Matthew 7, 24 through 27, 7, 24 through 27, Matthew, just helping you out there. Jesus um, talked about a man who built his house on a rock, 
and one who built his house on sand. And when the storm came, the winds came, the man that had built his house on the sand, it fell. It didn't uphold in the wind. And the one who built his house on the rock stood because he had built on a sure foundation. And he explains that the one who built on the rock was the one who knew and obeyed his word. So it's so important for us to know the Lord, to know he's our foundation and his word, and that what he says, he means what he says, and he says what he means. So he is the foundation of trust. God himself, we must know him. We must know his character, his attributes. We must know his love and his faithfulness and know his word. That's how our trust will grow, ladies, as you put your trust in God and trust his trustworthiness. That is the foundation. So now we can build on that. Okay, number two, the first wall that I would say goes on our foundation is to rely, rely on the Lord because the Lord who loves you unconditionally, uh, who loves you eternally, who died for you and has forgiven you and given you new life, who is reliable, that you can rely on him, you can put your trust in him. And because he loves you, because he died for you, because he's forgiven you, you can trust in him. You can rely on him. You can have confidence in him. Psalm 28, verse 7 says the Lord, again in all capitals, is my strength and my shield. My heart trusts in him and I am helped. Therefore, my heart gladly rejoices and with my song I will praise him. You know, David had been through so much, some of his own doing, the consequences of his wrong choices, but other things that were not his doing, but just were part of his life. Um, he knew he could rely on the Lord. He had experienced God's protection and his provision and his deliverance and his goodness and his grace. And as we walk with the Lord, we come to know God's grace and his goodness and his provision and his protection. Hebrews 13.5 is quoting, um, the author is quoting Deuteronomy uh, 31.6, which I know if you went to the Bible study, just that the girls, you finished, you know that because I understand you just finished studying Hebrews. Well, Hebrews 13.5 is quoting Deuteronomy 31.6, where it says, For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. David knew he could rely on the Lord. That's a promise for you too today. He will never leave you nor forsake you. You can rely on him. You can rely on on his word. It's a promise. So we are to rely on him with our whole heart, all of our heart, because all means all. And to me, that's walking by faith and relying on his character and his word. And even when we don't get what's going on, when we don't like what's going on, uh, or when we just don't understand at all, we can rely on the Lord. And Pastor Chuck always would teach, when you don't understand what's going on, fall back on what you do know and understand. God loves you. God loves you. If you know nothing else, know that God loves you. He has his very best intentions planned for you. His ways are not our ways. That was even part of one of the songs tonight. Isaiah 55, verse 8 and 9, tell us how... 
God's ways are so much higher than man's. They're, they're higher than the, the heavens are from the earth. His ways are not our ways. He knows what he's doing. Often we don't know, but that's why we are to rely on him. We're to lean on him. We're to trust in him and not lean on our own understanding. So that takes us to the second wall that I would tell you, understanding. You need to understand that you are not to lean on your own understanding. Understand that you are not to trust in your own mindset, your own ways of doing things when you're not sure what's going on. We're told trust in the Lord with all our heart. Lean not. Don't depend on your own understanding. So our understanding, ladies, is often not complete. We don't have all the facts. Often some of the facts are left out. We don't have the whole picture. Our minds are finite. God's mind is infinite. He knows everything. He has every fact. Nothing is unseen to the Lord. He sees it all. He knows it all. He knows what we need, what needs to be done, and how he wants to get it done and when to get it done. We don't. And often we think God has to work the way we think he should work, or else he's not at work, or he didn't do it the right way. Uh, that's that's kind of bad, isn't it? I mean, he's he's God. We're not. And I want to read a story that um, I was reminded of. Maybe most of you have heard of it, but it is um, called God Will Save Me. Well, a terrible storm had come into a town and the local officials sent out an emergency warning that everyone was should evacuate because the riverbanks were going to soon be overflowing. And so they wanted everyone to leave. Well, a faithful Christian man heard the warning and decided to stay, saying to himself, I will trust God, and if I'm in danger, then God will send a divine miracle to save me. Well, the neighbors came by his house and said, we're leaving. There's room for you in, in our car. Please come with us. But the man declined, saying, I have faith that God will save me. Well, as the man stood on his porch, watching the water rise up the steps, a man in a canoe came by and called and said, hurry, come get into my canoe. There's room and the waters are rising quickly. But the man said, no, thanks. God will save me. Well, the floodwaters rose higher, pouring water into his living room, and the man had to go upstairs to the second floor. Well, a police motorboat came by and saw him from the window and said, we'll come up and rescue you. But he refused, waving them off, saying, use your time to go save someone that needs it. I have faith that God will save me. Well, the floodwaters rose higher and higher, and the man had to climb up to his roof. Well, a helicopter spotted him and dropped a rope ladder. A rescue officer came down the ladder and pleaded with the man, grab hold, grab hold, and I will pull you up. But the man still refused, folding his arm tightly to his body and saying, no, thank you. God will save me. Well, shortly after the house broke up, it was all destroyed. It went away in the flood. The man was swept away and he drowned. Well, when he got to heaven, the man stood before God and asked, look, I put all of my faith in you. Why didn't you come and save me? And God said, son, I sent you a warning. I sent you a car. I sent you a canoe. I sent you a motorboat. I sent you a helicopter. What more did you want? <laughs> that man should have been leaning on his own understanding in that sense, in his common sense, but he didn't. Sometimes God's ways are so simple that we think that can't be God, but it is. And other times when we don't understand what God is doing, he knows what he's doing, and that's what we need to understand. 
God has understanding of everything going on in our lives. And he cares about everything going on in our lives. And he can be trusted. We can rely on him with everything that's going on. Think about a human shepherd and a sheep. Is there any comparison to the human who has wisdom and strength and knowledge and common sense compared to a sheep? No, we're the sheep. God is the shepherd. How about a child, a toddler with their father? Is there any comparison to the human father that has wisdom and strength and knowledge compared to that toddler? That's like us. That's God. God is the the father. We are the child. Don't lean on your own understanding, ladies. In Psalm 147, verse 5, it says, Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding is infinite, meaning there is no limit to God's understanding. In Isaiah 40, verse 28, Have you not known, have you not heard, the everlasting God, the Lord, in all capitals, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary, His understanding is unsearchable. His ways are past our finding out, ladies. No matter how hard we try, no matter how well we know the word, no matter how well we know God, he is still God, and we are not ever going to 100% understand everything he is doing and how he's going to do it and how he's going to rescue us, how he's going to save us, how he's going to bring good out of the situation that we might find ourselves in. But don't lean on your own understanding. Don't get in his way. Proverbs 28, verse 26 reads, He who trusts in his own heart is a fool, but whoever walks wisely will be delivered. Are you foolish or are you wise? Are you leaning on your own understanding or are you leaning on his understanding? Or other words, Are you trusting in him with your whole heart and not trying to figure it all out and do something about it? God makes no mistakes. And I want to read you this from a devotion that my husband uh, does and shared with me um, in May. A few days, and this is a true story. A few days after arriving on the campus of Texas A&M University in 1984, Bruce Goodrich was awakened at 2 a.m., Upper-classmen roused him out of bed to initiate him into the Corps of Cadets, a military-style training program. Bruce was forced to exercise and run several miles in hot and humid conditions. When he eventually collapsed, he was told to get up and keep going. Well, he collapsed again, went into a coma, and died later that same day. Well, the students who mistreated Bruce were put on trial and charged with causing his death. Bruce's father wrote a letter to the administration, the faculty, and the student body. He didn't excuse the cruel injustice of what happened to his son, but he said, I would like to take this opportunity to express the appreciation of my family for the great outpouring of concern and sympathy from Texas A&M University and the community over the loss of our son, Bruce. We harbor no ill will. We know our God makes no mistakes. Bruce is now secure in his celestial home. When the question is asked, why did this happen? Perhaps one answer will be so that many will consider where they will spend eternity. Trusting in the sovereignty of God can turn outrage into compassion and hatred into concern. 
No tragedy is beyond God's sovereignty. Don't lean on your own understanding. This family did not lean on their own understanding. They trusted in God, no matter how painful, no matter the circumstances. They were willing to trust in the Lord with all of their heart. Some of you that have known me over the last several years know that I, the brother that I was the closest to is home with the Lord. He loved life. He knew the Lord. Well, he developed cancer. And his wife, who was bipolar, um, always depressed or way kind of out of control, really had talked, threatened suicide many times. She, she was ready to go home to the Lord. Well, my brother in his cancer thought, well, if, if the Lord heals me, I win. If he takes me home, I win. Well, the Lord took him home. And my sister-in-law wondered, why would God take him? He enjoyed life. I hated life. I hate life. Why didn't God take me? God's ways aren't our ways. I know my brother's home with the Lord. I'll see him again. My sister-in-law, it's been several years now. She has a frontal lobe dementia. She's in a home care facility and she's almost in a vegetable state because of this type of dementia that she has and we we don't know why God hasn't taken her yet why she is still living there it's it's a sad situation but God's ways are past our finding out we just have to accept I remember Elizabeth Elliot teaching within acceptance lieth peace When you can accept your circumstances, when you have no control and you know God is not changing things, then accept and have peace because God is on the throne. He is in control. You don't have to be. So don't lean on your own understanding. It's trying to sit down on a chair that's missing one or two of its four legs. You will fall. So understand this, ladies. God is good. God is great. God is trustworthy. I recently looked up God's goodness and God's greatness and what those two words meant. God's goodness means excellent, bountiful, kind. And greatness, it means he's markedly superior in character, quality, skill, and excellence. So don't lean on your understanding, but trust his. And I don't want to take away from the message um, in August on the outcome of trust, but I one outcome I will share with you because it's our next wall uh, is stability. It, it's stand when when you aren't leaning on your own understanding, and when you are trusting in God a hundred percent, and you're relying on Him, you will be able to stand. No matter what the storm, you will be able to stand because God is there standing with you. Speaking of a man or woman who fears the Lord, who delights in his commandments, Psalm 112, verse 7, declares, He will not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is steadfast, trusting in the Lord. And we're all familiar with Paul and the persecution he experienced once he gave his life to the Lord and made a complete U-turn in his, instead of persecuting the church, he was preaching to get people into the church, into salvation. And he suffered a great deal physically, and uh, he was beaten, and and he was thrown in prison, and he suffered much, uh, but he trusted in the Lord. And in Acts 20, verse 24, he says, but none of these things move me. No matter what he went through, 
He was not moved away from trusting in the Lord because he knew his God. Ephesians 3.20, God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or even think. We need to know God's for us, ladies. He's not against us. When difficulties come, he hasn't turned against you. He's working on your behalf. His plans for us are for good, for peace, for a future and a hope, not evil, not calamity. Yes, we're going to experience tribulation. I hate to share this with you. It's a promise in John 16:33 where Jesus promised. He said, "You shall have tribulation in this world, but be of good courage. I have overcome the world." We're going to experience hardship. This world that we're living in and it seems to be getting worse is is sin. It it's it's the consequences of man's sin. And the world is not saved. The world is decaying, and it's wanting to take everyone down with them. And we won't even go there with everything, but it's getting darker, and we need to let our light shine until the Lord takes us home. But God is for us. And so um, when hard things come, like First Peter 4, 12 and 13 say, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. There's coming a day, ladies, you're going to be standing with the Lord and no more tears, no more sorrow, no more pain. And you're going to be there as one of God's chosen children, his bride. And what a what a glorious time that's going to be. Peter also said in First Peter 5, 7, cast all. What does all mean? all cast all your care upon him for he cares for you and those are two different words for the word care and the first one cast your care upon the lord that word is anything that distracts you troubles you distresses you weighs you down he wants you to cast that get rid of it put that throw that upon him because it says he cares for you that word care means he takes interest in you. He cares about everything going on in your life. He's interested in everything. So when the difficulties come, you can stand when the storms come or you hear of a storm coming. That's part of trusting him with all of our hearts, standing on his promises, standing on his character and then turning to him. And that's our last wall, the fourth and final wall that we're putting on this sure foundation that is God himself, because he is trustworthy, is to turn to him. Next month, you're going to hear more on this. But for just a few verses tonight, Psalm 9, verses 9 and 10, the Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. Are you oppressed tonight? Are you in a time of trouble Well, the Lord will be your refuge, and those who know your name will put their trust in you, for you have not forsaken those who seek you. You need to turn to the Lord, daily turn to the Lord, and especially when you're in a place of kind of struggling with trust or struggling with your own understanding. You want to turn to the Lord when you're going through that difficult time, maybe just even in a bad mood. And I know I think Donna was the one that that said, you know, sometimes it's just our feelings when we're not wanting to trust. We don't feel that 
this is what God is going to do, or we don't feel the Lord. Well, the just walk by faith. We don't go by feelings, but turn to the Lord and focus on him. Choose to put your trust in him. Call on his name. And to do that, you first must know his names. Yes, his name is Jesus, but it's also Jehovah. It's it's Emmanuel. It's Elohim. It's I am. Turn to him by praising him uh, and praising his characteristics and his attributes. He's faithful, he's kind, he's pure, he's loving. Do an alphabet of thanksgiving. Do an alphabet of praise. He's gracious and merciful, almighty, all-knowing, all-wise. It's going to build your trust, ladies. It's going to build your faith. It's going to remind you of what your foundation is in trusting of the Lord. As you focus on him, it reminds you that he's completely trustworthy, that he is completely able to take care of you that he is able to protect you and to provide for you and to bless you. Turning to him helps you to trust him with your whole heart, and it will help you not to lean on your own understanding. And in good times, turn to him, and it will still increase your trust. So, ladies, I don't know if you noticed, if you were taking notes, but the letters that I gave you of the foundation and the walls come out to trust. T trustworthiness, God's trustworthiness, R, rely on him. Understand you're not to lean on your own understanding. Stand, S, on his word, and T, turn to him. He's the foundation of trust. He can be trusted 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And I like to say every moment, every minute, every hour, every day, every week, every month, every year, every decade, every century. He is trustworthy. Now, we have the foundation. We have the walls. Now, I don't know if you want a roof on yours or not. If you do, put trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Our verse for tonight, Proverbs 3, 5. But as I was thinking, you know, I don't think I want a roof on mine. I'm inside. I'm safe. Built. I'm standing on the sure foundation of trusting God. My walls are up. And I want it open so God can continue to pour in all that he wants to pour in to help me grow in my faith, to help me grow in my trust, to get me through the difficult, painful times in life. We go through those seasons and we all experience them. So it's up to you, ladies, but you can trust in the Lord. He's got your back. He's got you covered. He carries you. He covers you. He's gone before you. He's your rear guard. He does exceedingly abundantly above all you could ask or think. How could you not put your trust in him? How could you not stand on him and his word? So ladies, I pray that tonight and through the rest of the summer when you come back, you learn more and more that it'll be so easy for you to trust in the Lord no matter what's going on because he is trustworthy. He is the foundation of our trust. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you that you are trustworthy, that you change not. You don't lie in you. There is no darkness. You don't make mistakes. You don't sin. You are perfect in every way. And your love for us is perfect beyond human love. It is that supernatural love that is eternal and unconditional and personal. And that you know everything about us and you love us in spite of ourselves, Lord. You're faithful even when we're not. And you're trustworthy even when we're struggling to trust you. 
you're always at work for our good, Lord, even when we don't understand and we're leaning on our own understanding. But I pray, Lord, for all of us that we'll get easier and easier to trust in you with all of our heart and that we will not lean on our own understanding because you understand everything that's going on. You understand your will, your, your work, your purpose, your plan, and that's good enough, Lord, I know for me. And I pray it is for these women here tonight because you love us and you are for us, not against us. So, Lord, thank you for bringing us to this place and the freedom we had to gather in your name to open your word and talk about you freely, Lord. We give you thanks and praise. And I pray for anyone tonight, Lord, that's struggling. Lord, that even right now, they would just say, Lord, I need to trust you more. I don't want to lean on my own understanding any longer. I want to lean on you, Lord, because you will hold me up. You will help me to stand. Lord, I pray that they'll leave tonight changed and that when they pillow their head tonight, they'll rejoice because you are their God and they know that you are working on their behalf to get them through whatever it might be, illness, finances, a relationship, a job, just things that they don't understand, but you do. So have your way. Lord, your way is perfect and right and best. So we want to surrender to your way and to your will, Lord. And may it all be for your praise and glory. We rejoice in you, Lord. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.